Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining me for our Christmas Day worship. We're going to sing a couple of Christmas songs and hear some Christmas readings today. We'll begin with hymn number 38, From Heaven Above to Earth I Come. We'll sing verses 1 to 4, 8, and 13 to 15. From heaven above to earth I come To bear good news to every home Glad tidings of great joy I bring Whereof I now will say and sing To you this night is born a child Of Mary chosen virgin mild This little child of lowly birth shall be the joy of all the earth. This is the Christ our God most high, who hears your sad and bitter cry. He will himself your Savior be, from all your sins to set you free. He will on you the gifts bestow, prepared by God for all below that in his kingdom bright and fair, you may with us his glory share. Welcome to earth, O noble guest, through whom the sinful world is blessed. You came to share my misery, that you might share your joy with me. Ah, dearest Jesus, holy child, prepare a bed soft undefiled. Within my heart, made clean and new, a quiet chamber kept for you. My heart for very joy must leap, my lips no more can silence keep. I too must sing with joyful tongue, that sweetest ancient cradle song. Glory to God in highest heaven, who unto us his Son has given, while angels sing with pious mirth a glad new year to all the earth. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let us confess our sins to the God who gave us a Savior. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. 
Father has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Old Testament reading for this Christmas day is from Isaiah 52, verses 7 to 9. Here, the prophet Isaiah writes about the beautiful feet of those who bring us the Christmas news. And when you think about that, anyone who would tell us about the Savior, last night at our Christmas Eve service, we had some young children that shared the Christmas story with us. Well, their feet were beautiful. Anyone who shares with us the message that Jesus came to live and to die for us to be our Savior, beautiful feet. But the key thing, of course, is that beautiful Christmas message. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Our epistle reading today is from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. We could say that this is the writer to the Hebrews account of the Christmas story. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness, Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Our gospel reading is from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. We could say this is John's 
version of the Christmas story, especially the, the last verse of this section. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And now that concentrated Christmas story. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's sing the next hymn, hymn number 67, What Child Is This? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping? This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean estate where oxen now are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. Nail spear shall pierce him through the cross, he'll bear for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come peasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. 
Joy, joy, for Christ is born, the babe, the Son of Mary. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is from Luke chapter 2, verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow recipients of the grace of God in, in Jesus Christ, our Savior, an ancient fable talks about three merchants who were traveling across the desert and one moonless night it was pitch dark and they were walking across that desert and they came to a, a dried up creek bed and when they came to that dried up creek bed what happened is that they heard this voice speaking to them out of the darkness. The voice told them that what they should do is they should, in that creek bed, pick up rocks from that creek bed and then they should journey on quickly as far as possible before the break of day. They were also told that the result of their picking up those rocks would bring them great joy and sorrow at the same time. It would make them both happy and sad. Well, without hesitation, what they did is they went to the creek bed, they picked up stones from that creek bed, they put them in their bags, and, and they traveled on as far as possible before the break of day. And then when the light started to shine, when the sun started to shine, then what happened is that they looked into their bags and they understood what, what the voice from the darkness was saying to them when it said they would be both happy and sad when they saw what they had gotten because the rocks that they had picked up, they ended up being precious jewels. They were happy that they had gotten those precious jewels, but yet they were saddened by the fact that they hadn't picked up more of them, more of those valuable trinkets. Well, the attitude of those three merchants is similar to the attitude that many Christians can have regarding their knowledge of God and his word. We treasure the fact that God has revealed to us his plan of salvation in Jesus Christ. But what often, especially at the end of a person's life, can be the case is that a person can regret not having spent more time around God and his word as a result because we maybe don't and don't 
get the benefits of the word like we could. We aren't as strong as our faith in our faith in God as we could God be. We aren't as strong as God could make us this Christmas day. As we look at Mary's reaction to all that happened around her, we'll see that Christmas does make a difference for Mary and for us. For Mary and for us. From our reading, we'll see that Mary was one who treasured the value of Christmas and she pondered the meaning of Christmas in her heart. When, when we, like Mary, keep on treasuring the value of Christmas and, and keep on pondering the meaning of Christmas, well, then what can happen is that the Holy Spirit can work to build up and strengthen our faith, give us more and more jewels from God's word, then spiritually speaking, we won't be like those three merchants who were thankful for the jewels that they had picked up, but they had wished that they had gotten so much more. Our reading is one verse, one simple verse from the Christmas story. Mary and Joseph, they'd gone to Bethlehem to register for tax purposes and they ended up staying in a barn or a stable because there was no other place for them to go. And while they were there, Jesus was born. Jesus was born and in that barn or stable, well, to that barn or stable, those shepherds came and, well, we heard about the shepherds coming to worship the infant Jesus, the baby Jesus in our message on Christmas Eve. That was a treasure that we got then. And today we're getting another treasure, more jewels as we look at Mary's reaction to the Christmas story. Well, Luke tells us, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds, they were thrilled. They heard the story about Jesus and after they left the barn, the stable, they told the people that were around that they ran into about the Savior, about that precious news. And some of those people that they talked to had to be absolutely thrilled when they heard the Savior, the long-awaited Savior has finally come. But it seems like most of the people who heard the shepherds' news that they were amazed at first when they heard about the Savior's birth. But it seems as if it didn't take long for almost everyone to forget or not really grasp the news about the newborn Savior. When the wise men finally came, maybe even up to two years later, after the Christ child had been born, no one seemed to know anything about the Savior's birth. Our reading does say, though, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. This verse would be better translated, not Mary treasured all these things, but rather Mary kept on treasuring all these things in her heart. And, well, I would imagine that, oh, by the time you've watched this, well, right now it's still Christmas morning. 
but by the time you would hear this, most of you have opened up Christmas presents already, and some of those packages are probably very special, and you'll, you'll treasure them deeply. But a couple months from now, perhaps even sooner, you will begin to have a hard time remembering the presents that you received. Even the ones that are really very special and precious. If you think back to Christmas 2022, a year ago, how many of us can name gifts that we got back then? Maybe we can, maybe some. Probably we'd have a hard time remembering all of them. Well, that's kind of the way it was for many of those people who heard the news that the shepherds had told them that the Savior has been, had been born. But that certainly was not the case with Mary. She kept on treasuring the value of Christmas and what it really meant. She never let herself forget. And in one respect, I suppose you would say it, really a whole lot easier for Mary to remember because she had Jesus living there in her own home. But it's just as easy for us to keep on treasuring the miracle of Christmas because through faith Christ lives in our hearts. Well, not only did Mary treasure all these things, but she also, it says, pondered them, kept on pondering them, in her heart. And the word for ponder there, it doesn't mean that she just thought about those things and then gradually forgot them. Rather, this was a continual mulling over everything that happened around her. She could think of how the angel Gabriel had come to her and told her that she, a virgin, was going to be the mother of the Savior miracle birth. And then she could keep mulling over the fact that God in his grace and mercy had chosen her to be the mother of the Savior. Through her mulling things over, she was reminded that this was just simply a miracle of God's grace, that she, a sinner, didn't deserve to have Jesus as her baby, but it was a miracle of grace. She was no less of a sinner than any other Jewish maiden back then, but, but God graciously chose her. And likewise, as we ponder the meaning of Christmas, we can wonder why it is that God called us to faith in Jesus. Our, our world is full of people who really don't know the true meaning of Christmas, and some of them know nothing of Jesus. Some maybe know of Jesus, but don't really know Jesus. They know of his existence. They don't know of him in that they don't believe in him as their savior. They maybe think of him as a great example, a great teacher, a great person, but only the person who knows he desperately needs a savior. Only the person who knows his own sin, his own lost condition, that he deserves eternal punishment, and who then also knows that Jesus is the Savior, the one who paid for all of his sins. Only that person who knows the true meaning of Christmas 
that's the only person who really knows Jesus and is able to ponder everything that Mary was pondering. So why do you and I know that true meaning of Christmas? Why did Mary know the true meaning of Christmas? Only the grace of God. Only the grace of God. And do we ever have to be thankful for that grace of God? When Mary pondered all the things that were happening, she had to also think about how God was making all things fit together according to his plan and prophecy. She could think of Isaiah's prophecy that a virgin would be the mother of the Savior. She could think of Micah's prophecy that said that the Savior was going to be born in Bethlehem. And she could think about how God even used the powerful Roman Empire to get Mary and Joseph there to Bethlehem so that that prophecy would be fulfilled. From all of those things that happened, and there are more details that we could mention, but from all of those things, she could look at things and say, wow, God's got this all figured out. He's got everything under control. And even in our mixed up world today, when we think of the wars and rumors of wars and the terrorism and well, the, the senseless shootings and all the garbage that seems to be going on, it, it still is wonderful for us to be able to know that God is using all of those things somehow or other to work out his plan of salvation to reach souls, to build us up and strengthen us in our faith, to keep directing us to our eternal home. Everything somehow or other God is working to do that. And as I've often said, we can't refer to that passage often enough that the Apostle Paul was inspired to write. We know that in all things, God is working for the good of those whose love, who love him. God is always at work like that, always in control. Mary could see that when we look at what happened with Jesus and his birth and has ended up going to the cross and, and God using Pontius Pilate and the Roman Empire and, and the Jewish leaders to accomplish everything that he did. God's in control. Such comfort from that. Well, as Mary pondered all the things that were happening, one fact that really had to catch her attention was the humility with which our Savior entered the world. Here he's the Almighty Son of God. And he left his throne on high and came to be born in a barn in Bethlehem. And for a crib, he was placed in a manger, a trough in which the feed for the animal was animals was placed. Our, our Savior's humility, what it has to do is remind us of our Savior's great love for us and how he was willing to do whatever he had to do to pay for our sins and to win salvation for us. There's an ancient Persian legend that tells of a wealthy man by the name of Al-Hafid. He owned a large farm. It was a very prosperous, prosperous farm 
One evening, a visitor related to him tales of the fabulous amount of diamonds that could be found in other parts of the world and the great riches that, that, that those diamonds could bring to Al-Hafid. The vision, the picture of all this wealth that was out there made Al-Hafid, who was a very rich man, made him feel poor by comparison. And because of that, instead of caring for his own prosperous farm, what he did is he sold it and went out into the world to find its treasures, planning to become even more wealthy than he was. But, but his search proved fruitless. Finally, penniless and in despair, he committed suicide by jumping into the sea. He didn't find life's pleasures and treasures. Meanwhile, the man who bought the farm from him noticed one day this glint of an unusual stone in a shallow stream on the property, and he reached down into the water to grab that stone glimmering like it was, and he pulled out a huge diamond. Later, when working in his garden, he uncovered many more valuable gems. Poor Al-Hafid, he had spent his life traveling, traveling to distant lands, seeking jewels. When on the farm he had left behind, there were all these precious stones, all the precious stones his heart could ever really desire. Like Al-Hafid, many people try to find joy and fulfillment in the treasures and pleasures that are all around us in this world, in the sinful pleasures and treasures of this world, and, and maybe some of just the pleasures and treasures of this world that don't have to be sinful, but they look for that joy and that happiness there, but by the grace of God, we can know that the greatest treasure, we can know that right here in the Christmas message, that's where we have the greatest treasure that God can give us. The treasure of knowing that Jesus came to live and to die for me and pay for my sins, to live and to die for you and pay for your sins. See, that's the greatest joy and the fulfillment we can have in this life because, because Christmas does make a difference. Christmas made a difference for Mary. It, it makes such a difference for us. And actually, Christmas and all that Christ came to accomplish, that's the only thing that really makes a difference in this life. So like Mary... Let's keep on treasuring the, the value of Christmas, treasuring those things that happened then that God keeps doing in our lives. And, and let's keep pondering in our hearts everything that God in his grace and mercy has done and keeps on doing for us so that we're, so that we're really living as children of God and that we're really living 
now and forever when our Savior takes us home to heaven. Let's, like Mary, treasure, ponder everything that Christmas means to us. Christmas really does make a difference. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, grant that the birth of your one and only Son in the flesh may set us free from our old bondage under the yoke of sin. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we gather up all other prayers we have today as we join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you again for joining me for this Christmas Day worship. May God bless you all with a wonderful Christmas, but of course, since Christ the Savior is born, true meaning of Christmas, how can we have anything but a great Christmas? Christmas does make a difference, and may it always make that wonderful difference in your life. The Lord bless and keep you always. Merry Christmas.